Welcome to the Guiding Principles Podcast, which focuses on the work of visionary educational leaders in an effort to leave all listeners inspired and imparting upon them fresh new ideas and strategies as they continue to build their own leadership toolbox. It is my hope that this show allows us to connect and grow our educational leadership community. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hey everybody, it's Rob Breyer and welcome to another episode of the Guiding Principles Podcast. Now today, I'm going to be joined by the one and only Debbie Tannenbaum. Debbie works as an elementary school technology specialist in Fairfax County, Virginia. She's an educator with over 20 years of experience. She supports both staff and students to integrate technology tools into instruction through both co-teaching sessions and weekly technology classes. Debbie emphasizes working collaboratively with other educators to use technology tools that amplify student learning and empower student voice. She also blogs and shares her thoughts and reflections regularly on her website, www.tannenbaumtech.com. In May of 2021, her book, Transform, Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky, was published by Road to Awesome, LLC. Debbie is a wealth of knowledge. She has an amazing outlook on education, and I think you're going to really find today's episode really beneficial. I hope you enjoy it. So right now, we can go get your snack, get your drink, kick back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Debbie, I'm so excited to have you here on the show. Thank you for joining us on The Guiding Principles. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's so cool to be able to do an RTA connection on your podcast. Um, I just finished my third year as an educational technology coach in an elementary school um, and my 21st year in education. So I get to do one of the best jobs that there is. I get to not only work with kids, which I love doing when I was in the classroom, but I also get to help teachers and I get to help teachers look at their instruction and find ways that technology can best amplify the student learning. So I just love watching it because it's not just about tools, but it's really a very intentional focus as I help my teachers understand how these tools can benefit them and their students. So that's part of my job. I also get to do some work with kids as part of the master schedule and specials. Um, and I just get, it's just been such a fun thing this past year. I kind of felt like I was doing about six different jobs, but, um, you know, in general, it's just really great because I've always loved the technology since the first year I was started teaching and it just keeps evolving. And it's amazing the opportunities we can give both our teachers and our students using that technology. And then in addition to that, I have a couple of little side ventures going. Um, I published a book a little over a month ago, Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky with Road to Awesome. So I'm really, really excited about that. It kind of came from a lot of my work as a blogger. I've been blogging for about two and a half years now. I started in 2019. And in 2020, I've been blogging about every three days, which seems crazy, but I'm loving it. And um, in addition to that, I've been presenting a lot at virtual conferences and taking advantage of the fact that I can present virtually um, and not have to worry about the expense of traveling with four kids um, at home who aren't kids so, so little anymore. Um, so just lots of stuff going on. I've been pretty busy. And now that I'm in my month off, 
I'm just excited to have a little less going on. <laughs> yeah, you stay very busy. In fact, every time I turn around, you're presenting somewhere or you have a new blog post coming out and you've just been very active. And so I know you don't carry the traditional you know, principal, assistant principal title, but just listening to you speak, I mean, wearing the multiple hats and doing the different jobs, you know, finding your different niche and working with schedules and, you know, you're doing a lot of this work. And so one of the premises of the show is really understanding what visionary leadership is and how it resonates with you. But you made a really cool point. How does visionary leadership or servant leadership make your school better? Well, I think we really need to think about where we want to go and really look at where we need to be and figure out the best path. I really think that if this past year has taught us anything, it's not that, you know, just because something works, it's necessarily going to take us to where we go. And we had to do a lot of really quick pivots this year. You know, I talk about a lot of forced innovation because I have never seen a year where I've seen so much growth by educators, both in my district and outside of my district, because we, what the heart of what we do is our kids and reaching our kids and making sure that our kids become the best and most productive citizens and adults and that they contribute to the world in a meaningful, worthwhile way. And giving our students these opportunities in this past year where they got to do things and really test their, you know, resilience and things like that, it was really key. And watching it. And I think the most important thing was that whole idea this past year that educators learned that they didn't have to be perfect. I think there's a big feeling among educators that they have to do everything just right. And this is the first year this past year that I started hearing educators say things like, this is new to me, but I'm going to try this. And kids going, that's okay. That's good. And I think that that's just so super important that Sometimes we have to go down that road less traveled and try something because it's really what benefits our kids. And it's not about how it makes me look or how it makes you look, but it's ultimately about what benefits kids. And I saw that so clearly this past year as teachers who had never tried to use different types of technology to engage students were like, I'm going to try this. I'm not sure I totally get it but I'm gonna try this because I have to make sure that I'm reaching my students. I have to connect to my students. And right now this is the best way I can, but yet those lessons they're taking are still gonna be really relevant when we're all back face-to-face this fall because now they've learned, you know, really what I feel like is one of the biggest messages that I share is that technology gives us opportunities that we don't have without them. It's not about let's do this instead. It's about let's do this because it, helps us to grow and it helps us to learn in a new way. You know, one of the things I'm, I'm hearing you say, and like teachers over this past year have learned to become comfortable being uncomfortable and yeah. taking those risks and trying new things and, and learning that they can do, you know, I know so many school educators who they're afraid of technology. They're afraid of something not working right in front of their children or something not going as they planned. Because I mean, let's be honest with technology, if the internet's not working well, or the, you know, that, that website's down or a server goes down, there's so many things that can prevent you from having that lesson. But I think with teachers, is that what you said is 
this year has forced us to take that step outside and just really kind of look at it from a different lens and say, well, this is the only option I have. So I need to put this into use. And I think so many teachers have found that there are ways that I can utilize this. And there are ways that I can, and it was engaging for kids that kids really enjoyed doing a lot of stuff that they were doing online. Um, and it has its role, but I think we also have learned in my opinion, as a school leader, that technology is not the end all be all. You yeah. still have to do the core teaching. It is a great enhancement and a great resource for learning, but it's not the answer. It's not the solution that's going to make all our scores and all our schools go through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's really a lot of that intentionality. And I think, especially as we go forward next year, I've seen some places where it's like, well, we were all on computers. So now we're not going to use them at all because it's like that, you know, back and forth. And really, I think I'm hoping one of the lessons that comes through is that whole idea of blended learning is that intentional combat, you know, combination of using the technology to enhance students' ability to control the pace and choice and their voice and all of that, but also that using that so then we can get more small groups, we can get more teacher connection with students. It's not an either or. When I started using the technology with my students, it wasn't that I was spending, having my students spend all day on the computer. And I think that's a misconception. People are like, oh, you're one-to-one, -one. your kids are sitting on a computer all day. Well, no. no. But if I can give my students a, you know, a video where they're watching the video, they're controlling how fast they go. You can give them formative assessment questions and you can really direct that experience. Then when I pull them into my small group, I am, I'm using my time most efficiently and I'm giving them what they need. You know, and I think that that's really key, really making sure that, that we're, and I think that's gonna be one of the biggest things we're gonna need to focus on next year is really being intentional with this whole idea of blended learning because I just see it so easily going the other way and people Absolutely. being like, well, you don't need the computer anymore because we're face to face. It's not an either or it's a you really it's you know it's like that perfect blend or mix. It it's that resource. It's that tool yeah. that enhances your teaching. And that's what that's what really people need to understand. The other thing I saw from this whole pandemic was that traditional assessments went away and where you were talking about that voice and choice yeah. like you couldn't just give the kids a you know sit down do your bubble sheet and all that kind of stuff so you had to be creative in the way you were assessing are the students understanding and are they mastering the materials that I'm giving them and giving them ways to present and create and build something that they can show you that hey I understand and I can apply it to what I'm doing here that has been a real eye-opening change that I am truly, honestly, as a school leader, I was so excited to see that happening within my school. And I agree. And I think that's, we talk about, you know, how school has changed, you know, over the last 50 to 100 years. Well, we need to prepare students for what they're going to be doing in the future. The idea that they can synthesize information and they can use it and they can create from it. Those are all really important skills. And we really need to focus on those things as we move forward and, you know, even though the state testing didn't count this year, we still gave it, you know, and, you know, we really want, I feel like the messages we have to give have to be extremely clear because we want to prepare our students for something we've never seen. And if we keep preparing them for what we had, then 
that's some that isn't something we've never seen. And I just think that we there's so many things that we can do now. I mean, you think about, you know, when we were in school, we didn't have this amount of choices. We didn't have these possibilities. We couldn't create some of these amazing things that they can create now and share. Even something like a podcast is a wonderful way to share your learning. It's super easy to make a podcast now. 10, 15 years ago, not so much. It's super easy to make really cool videos. Like there's so many things that are easy between the Adobe products and things like Flipgrid and all of those things. They've made it so it's basically like if you can understand the icons and you can click things, you can create amazing things that look very professional, even at a very young age. Absolutely. And I agree with that 100%. And it's amazing the stuff when you give students the opportunity to go and create and do something. Like the things that they will turn in is absolutely amazing. I mean, I was in one of those rare positions that I was teaching fourth and fifth grade virtual this past school year and the things that my kids would turn in, I mean, they were absolutely incredible. And like, you know, you had the kids who would do the basic that, that, Hey, I'm going to do this just to get by. Then you had these kids that were just turning in stuff. And like, they were exploring their own curiosities. They were really digging in and pulling up way more information I was ever asking for, but it was just so neat to see the things that they would come up with and the things that they would find. And the questions that they would want to ask because of what they were learning. That was really interesting to me. So, you know, but we keep talking about this whole idea of getting outside the box, getting outside. What does that look like for you being inside a school in not necessarily that head leadership position and not necessarily that teaching position? What does that look like? How does a good school leader impact that whole idea of getting outside the box to make your school better? I think it's a lot of detective work. I think that as an educator in the classroom, there's so much put on your plate. And my goal as an ed tech coach is really to look at that plate and decide what can technology do that will either make it easier for my teachers or make it easier for my students to hold on to their learning. And so it's a very intentional, you know, pursuit and it requires a lot of, you know, of, of you know, searching, like, you know, figuring out, yes, I'm looking outside of the box, but how am I doing that? Part of that for me is connecting with other thought leaders. Part of that with me is looking through social media and getting ideas of things I can try. Part of it for me is doing a lot of reading and, you know, and figuring out what are the next best steps, because I don't expect my teachers to do that. They have, they have a hard job, especially this past year, they had a hard job. And so really trying to say, you know, rather than working harder, which educators do no matter what, how can we work a little bit smarter and what can we do? So something as simple as, you know, this past year, instead of asking teachers, you know, teachers asking four kids to raise their hands, we talked about using Care Deck. So that way every kid, you know, was able to participate and teachers were able to interact with every student, regardless of their location. Something small like that, once you've learned how to use that program, it's going to save you a lot of time and give you a lot of really amazing formative data that you can use to guide your instruction. And so something small like that makes a huge difference. And like, so, you know, and with Zoom and all of these things, we can now connect to people anywhere in the world and really bring that learning. I, we, one of my teachers brought in somebody who was talking to kids about cicadas and was a scientist who studies them. Well, that's something that the kids are going to remember. 
you know, and it's still, and they're still digging into that inquiry. They're, they're digging into that whole process. And so really looking at things and saying, okay, how can we make this so that we're engaging our students? Because I've done a lot of reading and work on engagement in the past year. I'm contributing to a book coming up next year about engagement. And it's pretty obvious that everybody has a different definition of engagement. But ultimately our goal in engagement is to have our students buy in. It just includes a lot. So how are we gonna really get our kids involved? We don't want them to just be compliant. We want them to be you know, really empowered and engaged and want to do that learning because that's gonna help them as they grow and as they get older. And I think that, you know, because of COVID, so many things were like, well, let's see if we can do things a little different because we, had, we didn't have as much fear of accountability as we might've in the past. And sure. so because people weren't afraid of that accountability, they were like, well, let's try this. Well, good teaching is not good teaching based on a score. Good teaching is based on what your students are gonna give back to you and what they're gonna take forward with that. And so. I just think it's so, so important as we look forward to say, yes, we, I understand high stakes testing is important. However, our goal is not to have kids learn things just for a test. Our goal is to have the kids learn things that they're gonna be able to use in the future. You know, when, when I first started teaching, one of our superintendents was like, our goal is not to teach kids information that they can Google. We want to teach our kids to think and synthesize and really do all of those higher level skills. And so how are we going to really promote that in the future? And so many of those things that, you know, you know, that we've been talking about, they do those things. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing it's, and finding those resources this year and those different people who wanted to reach out because so many people were working from home that people had the time to really kind of volunteer their knowledge. We had a, scientists from NC State who volunteered her time to talk to our kids virtually about zombie ants. And it was the greatest thing because it was right around Halloween and they were studying habitats and uh, ecosystems and all that. And the kids were just so excited. They they heard zombie ants and right away, I mean, (laughs) and they were just, and it was one of the neatest lessons, but it was just a resource. And she was at home and she was, she just wanted to do it. And she put this presentation together and shared it, shared it out. And we took advantage of it. It was understanding that there were people at home who were looking for opportunities to connect and to make those connections. And let's be honest, that's how we all met. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, whether it's through teach better and their mastermind program, better leaders, better schools, road to awesome, just Twitter and Facebook. I mean, this whole year has forced us to really kind of step out and try and find new resources and absolutely getting to meet all of you and just listening to your conversations and listening to stuff that you were bringing up in our discussions. Like it gave me new ideas. It gave me new things to take back and try in my school. And I think that was one of the biggest benefits about really getting connected this year and going outside of my school to bring in new fresh ideas. I think that was a huge help. Hey everybody, it's Rob. And I just want to jump in the middle of this this amazing, amazing interview today and just kind of connect with you and let you know that if you are an aspiring school leader or you are a current AP who's looking to take that next step to the principalship or a principal who's looking to take that next step up into central office, or maybe you have a group of aspiring leaders in your school, check out my latest book. It's called Taking the Leap, a field guide for aspiring school leaders. I am telling you, 
this book will help you take that next step and get the position that you want. Check it out today on Amazon. Let me know what your thoughts are by leaving me a rating and review. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Now, let's get back to today's episode. And I agree because I know like when we went concurrent back in February, a lot of schools have been doing it for a while. It was so helpful for me to be able to talk to other people who had been through that. And, you know, I, I definitely think one of the biggest blessings of this year is the connections that I've made with people. There were people like, I don't think you and I had ever met before all of this happened. And like, you know, and I've met such amazing people who have really like, kind of, I would say, opened my eyes in ways I could have never imagined because I've learned about school in Canada and school in Columbia and school in Jordan and like, and just gotten to have all of these amazing ideas and just listening, I've learned so much. And before all this happened, most of my connections were just other ed tech coaches. That's no longer the case. Yes, I'm still connected with ed tech coaches, but I feel like I, this has allowed us to have like connections with ed education thought leaders. And it's, I think it just makes all of us so much better because ultimately we all want to do the same thing. Absolutely. We all have the same goal. And yet somehow we end up putting ourselves in these boxes, thinking that we're all doing something different. And we really aren't. We all have the same goal. I love that. And that's a great point is we're all doing what's best for kids. Absolutely. And that's what it comes down to. And it doesn't, you know, and I love the fact that you said we put ourselves in these different boxes, like, you know, like, oh, I'm a principal, you're an assistant principal, you're an ed tech person. But we're all here for the same reason. And, you know, and that goes back to the idea of like everybody in your school influences a child's success and whether it's your custodians or cafeteria workers or it, and it's just been so amazing. Like, I agree with you, like learning about school in Jordan and Australia and uh, just different places from all over the world. Columbia was a really cool one, like Canada, yeah. you know, talking to Liv and Brad up there, Che and Pav, and it's just been amazing, like in the people that we've connected with and then. Yeah how different education is from for me outside North Carolina, talking to educators in Illinois and talking yeah. to people in Ohio and California and Texas of all places, like of how different we all yeah. do things. And so it was been a really great experience. And I feel like it's, if you're not connected with educators from on Twitter or in different PLNs, get connected. I think it's the best Absolutely. thing you can do. And speaking of that, What's the best way to get connected with you, Debbie? So the best way to get connected with me is I'm Tannenbaum Tech pretty much everywhere. I even now have a Facebook group for Tannenbaum Tech that's on there to support educators um, integrating technology into their instruction in a meaningful way. So, and I also have my website, Tannenbaum Tech as well. So I love connecting with other educators and learning from them and sharing resources because we're all just, we all have to work together to help our, our students. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of Tandem Mom Tech, we can't leave the show without talking about your new book. So (laughs) I'd love for you to kind of share with the listeners about your new book, about what it is, and then what inspired you to write this book? So my book's name is Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky and transform each of the letters of the type of, of the word stands for a different chapter. My book's kind of comprised of three different parts. And so basically what it does is it's kind of telling my journey as an educator, but in the same 
vein, it's also kind of providing a framework for educators who want to get started with technology, but don't quite know what to do. And so I start off talking about how I had to turn away from closed doors. I joke all the time, and it's not really a joke. It's true. I was an okay teacher, but becoming a connected educator made me a great educator. And I am, I wish that I hadn't waited till 2017 to become connected because I'm a tech person. You would think I would have happened earlier, but it talks about that. And it talks about the eight I'm not sorry, not eight, 10 tech tools that I call my transform tech tools that give those opportunities you can't have without the tech and are versatile and people can use them in a lot of different settings. I talk all the time when I present about the fact that your goal is not to learn every tech tool, it's to find a couple that really work for you that you can use in a lot of different settings and get really good at one or two of them first and then add on when you find another need you have. And I also talk a lot about creativity over consumption. I love um, Project Zero's thinking routines and I love how they help our students critically consume and then create representations. And so the book kind of talks about that. And then it goes into, in my second part, really empowering our kids. I really believe in student agency and nurturing that agency. And I talk a lot about ways that I've promoted that. And then the last part of the book switches to the educator. I don't think enough of our books really talk about that intersection of empowering kids versus empowering us as educators. And it talks about seeking connections beyond your own school, building that PLN. I've had the opportunity to build my PLN twice. I got hacked in 2020 and had to start all over. Turned out to be a blessing because I was Mrs. Tannenby and now I'm Tannenbaum Tech. Um, Talks about, and then that last part talks about taking that next step, sharing your voice. I started blogging and honestly, the blogging was what led to the book. I started blogging and I started looking at what I had and I started to see that there, it, it was more than just isolated blog posts, but that it was giving me, you know, a lot of those ideas that ended up being in my book, you know, how to reach beyond your expectations and then really maximizing some of those opportunities from this past year. And so you know, in the book, there are examples, there are some QR codes based on some of those sections so that you can try things that are simple strategic steps that are going to help your students. It's not about changing everything. It's about making small changes that are intentionally helping our students succeed. And, you know, it really, I joke that the word transform came for me as I was like walking on the trail behind my house but it's really about a mindset of how we can use that. It's that purposeful integration of technology so that it really makes a difference and makes things stick for both our students and for us because we need to make sure it's sticking for us. It's not about for us adding to our plates. It's about figuring out what's gonna be the most impactful things we can do with our students because we have enough to do. And you know, I, my hope is that as educators read this, that they're going to look at this book and be like, oh, I see ways that I can do this. And it's not overwhelming. It's manageable because that's really the goal. It's not to change everything. And, you know, it's funny. I know like when you're writing it, you were really thinking about teachers and how they were going to use it with kids. But one of the things that I took from your book was some really great ideas of stuff that I can do with my staff to model it for, for, for my staff members and to really kind of have those conversations and, it helps me dig in. Like I, you know, like one of my goals is to really kind of help my staff become more techie and really embrace this whole, you know, inclusion of technology into our lessons. And so this book has really kind of given me some great ideas and some different ways that I can use it. So, you know, it's not just for teachers. I think this is definitely has 
a real impact on school leaders and how we yeah. do things. So I think it, you did an excellent job in writing it. Um, I love the way it walked me through your journey. I just love the different ideas. But what I love about when I read a book, I love things that kind of grab my attention, like, oh, this is an idea. And I start taking things away from it that I can actually start implementing in my own school. And your book definitely does that. And I, and I really yeah. enjoyed that. And it's that whole double track agenda as a school leader that you really want to model. Like, you know, if we're just talking at, you know, with the people we work with, that's one thing, but when we're showing them, and that's one of the things I feel is so key when I do presentations is that it used to be, I would present. Now, when I present, I intentionally include interactions that I want the teachers who are in my sessions. And I want to model that. So when they go back, they've seen it in action. And I think that that's so important, you know, really making sure that when teachers leave a session that I do or leave an interaction that they understand that this is something that their kids can do. They can do with their kids. And I don't want them to be sitting and working on something else in the background. I want them to be engaged because if you're taking the time to learn, it shouldn't be something you can do while you're multitasking. It's not just like watching one of the sessions you have to watch at the beginning of the year to get compliance for certain criteria, right? It exactly. should be something that really engages you when you wanna take notes on it and you wanna write down sticky notes because you see a purpose for it. And so that's really, you know, it's that immersed and that's what we want our kids to have. So we have to, we have to start it at the top. If we don't start these things at the top. They're not going to make it their way down to our kids. And that's where we ultimately want them to go. So where can listeners go and get a copy of your book? So if you would like a signed copy of my book, um, it's on my website, Tannenbaum Tech, or you can get it on Amazon. Um, if you would just like a regular copy, which is also just as good. Um, but definitely check out my website. I'm sending out um, weekly newsletters. I send out some stickers and all sorts of fun stuff. And I'm hoping to continue to add to the things that I can do to support educators in using this technology in a really meaningful way. Because, you know, as a teacher, you impact one class. And I, my hope is that as I get to work with other educators and learn from them and they learn from me that we're impacting even more kids. And that's just going to make our world a better place. I love it. So, you know, one thing I ask everybody who's on my show is what is the best advice you have for school leaders today? I think the best advice I can give for school leaders is that you do not need to do this alone. I really believe becoming a connected educator is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself because as a leader, you get very caught up in what you want to see. And sometimes hearing and having that perspective of others is just so meaningful. And I can say that I have grown in ways I could have never imagined because of my interactions with others. And as an ed tech coach for, or a principal or an assistant principal, you're one person in a building. You need that network. And like we talked about, we all have the same goals. So, you know, I know sometimes you know, leaders are afraid to reach out, you know, uh, and go on social media. I know when I first joined, I was like, oh, it's just for celebrities, but it really isn't. It's really a gold mine where you, you get this community that you can't imagine you, when now I have it, I can't imagine ever not having it. Yes. But, you know, and so like last week I was doing a session about reaching down your expectations with social media, which is one of my newer sessions that I'm just starting to bring out. But it's so important. And even if you aren't a Twitter person, maybe you're an Instagram person or a Facebook person, they all have such meaningful connections. I mean, with Facebook groups and things like Clubhouse, there's so 
you don't have to do them all. Pick one, but don't close your door and feel like you don't have that. And even within our districts, yes, you can be connected with other people in your district, but there's so much more out there. Yes. You know, I reach agree. out, try it. And I, 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 I have never met an, edu- an educational leader who said that it didn't help them in the long run. You know, and it's the word lurker has a has this terrible connotation too yes, but, it does. <laughs> but when you're on social media it's okay it's yeah. okay to sit in a chat and just sit there and not respond but to look and listen to other people's examples like you know one of the things i love about the teach better chat is honestly listening to these other educators talk and getting these ideas and this inspiration of things that i could take back to my own staff um I think that's what I really enjoy about that chat, even their podcast. Like, yeah, it's just such a great way to get great ideas. And I think it's okay for leaders to maybe you're not ready to get out there and jump in and do all these chats and do, you know, and put a message out there every day, you know, about different topics, but it's okay to go out there and start reading through a feed. I mean, you can just go in there and just my whole Twitter feed is all educational based. Yeah. And that's all I really see. I mean, there's ads and stuff that'll pop up every now and again, but for the most part, I just see educators with sharing amazing ideas yeah. or asking amazing questions that really kind of get me thinking deeply about different topics. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And I think that you really have to, you know, even with something like Teach Better, Teach Better has a Facebook page and their motto is to be better today than you were yesterday and better tomorrow than you are today. I There should not be an educator that is existing that doesn't want that to be their motto, right? Absolutely. Join a Facebook group. It can be something that simple to get started. Like, don't make it complicated. I started with Twitter and I'll be instant, I'll be honest, my Instagram game is not what it probably should be. But I go on there. Mm-hmm. But reach out because we live in a global community. It's not just about all these little boxes. And you'll I think you'll just be amazed and you know something like podcasts I was talking about podcasts in one of my sessions and someone's like oh there's educational podcasts and I'm thinking like I can't get all of them listened to people (laughs) aren't aware of all the wonderful ways that we can learn in the best way that fits us and it might be that a twitter chat's your best way it could be listening to a podcast is your best way or it could be a combination or it could just be that lurking but don't close yourself off to all those possibilities. You know, really, we, we want our students to live where they believe that there's things that they're, that they're living in abundance and there's things that they can do and they can grow into. We need to do that too. We have to model what we want our students to see. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. So, Debbie, thank you so much for taking time to be on our show today. Um, it's it been so great fun. talking to you. Um, I wish you the very the best with the success with your book. Um, I wish you the best with your speaking. I mean, you're just doing so many great things for the listeners out there. I highly recommend you go out there, you get connected with Debbie. I think it'll be worthwhile for you. And Hey, if you're new to the whole social media, this is the person you want to connect with because she's (laughs) going to guide you in the right direction, folks. So take the time, get connected. Debbie, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And all listeners out there. Hey, get out there, keep getting better. And I am here to help support you on that leadership journey. Thank you so much.
This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and a podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.